everyone, here is Daniel Budai with another episode of our Ecom show and today I'm here with uh, John Burgess from uh, Shinon. And before we get started, let me say thank you to the team who actually worked on connecting us with John. They have a great LinkedIn game, let's say. They reach out to very interesting guests and this is how John got into the show as well. Also, let me refer to one of our previous episodes, which is episode number 85. And if you are in e-commerce and you want to find out what is the best uh, three uh, software tools to use in 2022 for an e-commerce brand, then check out that episode and I talk about these three tools for more than a, a half an hour and you can learn a lot about this. This show is sponsored by Budai Media. Budai Media is a fully remote e-commerce focused retention marketing agency. In the last three years, Budai Media worked with more than 100 e-commerce clients and generated an eight-figure extra revenue for these clients. If you want to check out their website, go to thebudaimedia.com and just send an email or actually you can just drop a message to me on any of my social media channels if you are interested to work with us. Let's continue with our interview. So, hey, John, how are you today? Doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, everything is good. Yeah, I'm really excited about this interview. Let's start with your uh, personal story and uh, before we talk about Shinon and e-commerce. So, how did you get started with business and uh, what was your initial idea? I went to school for, for textile design and merchandising, but at the same time, I've always been a huge internet fan and I happened to grow up during the best time, which I felt, which was getting off of like really slow internet and getting high speed internet and every, you know, commerce starting on internet. I, when I left school, I actually decided to open up my own screen printing shop. One of the services that I kind of pioneered and helped build was, I didn't have terms for this at the time, but a print on demand service for clothing stores so that clothing stores would pay me to rent screens for screen printing and I would keep them in stock. And once a week, I would go get all their orders and I would print all their orders and mail them out for them. And then we would just do that on a weekly basis. That way they didn't have to invest in inventory up front. It gave me a constant flow of work. And then at the same time, I've always been a big internet. Me and my brother, when we were in middle school, we taught each other C++. You know, we were big. I was a computer nerd. And so I'd always been obsessed with building websites and stuff like that. And right about the time I started doing this, was Big Cartel came out, which was an e-commerce platform. And we're the first platform to come built with size and color variants built into how it worked. And so it allowed people to create clothing stores very easily. What was the year? Probably like 2006, maybe 2007. Okay. And so I started building shops for people who they had websites and they would go to events and things. And I would help them build a website and put all their designs on it. And like I said, I would manage it and take all their orders and weekly print and mail them out for them. That way they didn't have to worry about it. So it's kind of like consultancy slash, you know, print shop. And that went really well. The market crashed and I sold the business and I moved into digital marketing and I worked a lot doing SEO, website building, consultancy. And then it was probably about seven years ago, I got back into e-commerce working for mm -hmm. a company that wanted to build a Magento app. So I got back into e-commerce. And since then I've, you know, I went from doing that to managing large scale, well, first small scale e-commerce brands, moving into large scale multi-website, multi-platform, full marketing teams, really getting into paid social media as it came out, even paid Google ads. I remember when that came out and getting into that. And so I've always kind of followed the, the trend. Recently, I, mean, I should say recently, a couple of years ago, 
Shinon came to me and wanted to bring me onto the team. We were a relatively new company at that time. And since then, we've seen monumental growth. We've gone from five employees to I think we're close to 130 employees with three offices around the world doing print-on-demand jewelry. And it was a new area for e-commerce for me. I've always been a, you buy your products, you store your products, you, you own the entire process. And this was a departure of, no, all you do is sell stuff. The rest of it's all taken care of for you. I've loved it. It's such an interesting industry and it's such an interesting way of doing e-commerce and it offers such a low barrier to entry for people to get into e-commerce. It's been so much fun. Yeah, I'm sure you could see a lot of changes in the past more than 15 years. Yeah. And uh, especially when it comes to the barrier of entry, I think that was probably the biggest change in e-commerce in the last like 10 years because and in digital marketing because we have a click funnel stripe shopify all of these tools and everything you just need to plug them together and they they work well and yeah. uh, like 20 There's years ago you had to build the websites, do the dev and all of that. It's so much easier to create a website. In a matter of 30 minutes, I could turn on a website and be ready to start selling products. And, yeah. and that's one of the beauties about ShineOn too, is the, the last biggest barrier to entry is products because generally they involve a very large investment up front in a product that you hope you can sell. And that's not always as easy as it sounds. And so what we've been able to lower is there's zero upfront cost. You pay on the order that you get. So you've already even paid and then you pay for the inventory. So it, it allows people to come in and do e-commerce. If you have $50, you can set up you know, a Shopify store and get all the apps you need and start advertising. So it's, it's a really cool, I love seeing new people get into it and people, I think it's funny, but my mom recently got into e-commerce. She's just selling clothes on one of the clothing selling websites. I don't remember what it is, mm -hmm. thread, thread up or something. And she's like, yeah, I go and buy stuff on sale at stores and come back and I sell it online when I'm running. I'm like, yeah, you're doing arbitrage. Like, that's e-commerce and more and more people are just loving e-commerce and being able to provide a low barrier to entry is it's really fun seeing like we do a lot of teaching people who have never sold a product online mm -hmm. and growing them to where they're making thousands of dollars and uh, it's yeah. really fun to see what kind of clothes does your mom sell so she lives in florida and there's a store in our mall there that's like a, a lily pulitzer all the the ladies in florida like it and she goes in and just buys whatever's on sale and then goes on puts it online and people pay full price for it because it's like new with tags. She's, she's flipping she's, the clothes, basically. Yeah, she's, she's just flipping the clothes. That's all she's doing. If you don't have that store, you have no access to sale products. It's only sold in store. So for people that don't live in Florida, they have to buy it online. She's able to offer discounted prices and still make money. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I follow Gary V's videos and uh, he's famous about uh, garage sales. And actually, mm -hmm. I just thought about it that here in Europe, we don't really have garage sales. It's not in my country, but we have a period of the year when people, they just try out their unused old stuff and yep. every anyone can take it and uh sometimes i can see you know two three hundred dollars uh, chairs and things and mm -hmm. you can just put it online and sell it for double price and yeah. yeah now we've got a big holiday coming up king's day here in amsterdam mm -hmm. next week uh -huh. and one of the big parts is everybody in the morning they go set up a table and they sell all their stuff and I'm a big yeah. golfer and I've done that with golf products. If I'm, if I'm walking around at a garage sale and I'm growing up in Florida, you have these older people and they love to play mm -hmm. golf and they just buy new clubs every year and money's yeah. not an issue, right? So they'll yeah. buy a thousand dollar set of clubs and then sell it at a garage sale the next year for 50 bucks. Well, I can sell that online for $500. And yeah. you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a very fun, it's dangerous, right? Because you're paying up front and then hoping you have a buyer for something. But yeah. if you know what you're doing, you can do, make a lot of money doing it. Yeah, I think you learn a lot about people and in 
industry and negotiation and marketing and all of that. It's interesting. Let's talk about Shinon. So yeah. last time when we discussed, you told me that it uh, supports more than 2000 European e-commerce stores. And also this company, it's even bigger in North America, right? Or Europe yeah. is the main market? The US is our main market. It's where we've been for our company's lifetime. Our factory is based out of St. Pete, Florida, and we have a headquarters in St. Pete as well. In total, in a year, we have anywhere between probably around 10,000 active sellers that are making sales in a year. We have way more people that are trying to make sales. Mm -hmm. Not everybody gets there, but probably about 10,000 users. And during the pandemic, obviously sales went through the roof in the US, which was amazing. Uh, but we actually watched European sales drop because the shipping to get products to Europe oh, became okay. unbearable. Yeah. And then on top of that, in I think it was like June of last year, they instituted all the VAT pricing, which means any buyer, when they get a package from the US, is going to have to pay 25% tax on it to the person in order to even get the package. So Europe kind of became an issue for us. What we decided to do was actually open a factory in Amsterdam. So I moved over to Amsterdam from Florida. We opened a factory. You know, we already had a lot of European sellers and a lot of people that knew us and a lot of European sellers that hadn't sold into Europe because they were selling into America because that's was the best offer. But since having products being able to fulfilled out of Europe, we've had a ton of these sellers turn around and start going after their native markets and even their non-native markets because they understand the European ecosphere a lot better. There's a lot of opportunity here. There's, you know, I wouldn't say the market's saturated in the US, but obviously it's way more saturated than it is in Europe. We've seen really, really fast growth in Europe since relocating over here. We're doing tons of outreach to find more and more people. And it's been a really fun opportunity for me because European e-commerce was never something that I had done. And I had this preconceived notion of it's oh, it's just like states in the US, right? No big deal. Do you think this is a common uh, misconception uh, among uh, US people that e-commerce yeah. is the same in Europe? I think that in the US, people view Europe as they do the US. And they just think, oh, well, you just go and you just sell to all of Europe, right? Yeah. You just create a .com and sell to every country. And it's like... Yeah. I very quickly realized that localization is one of the biggest factors over here. And yeah. you have to have the, your site set up correctly for your specific region. You have to have the right payment processors in place in order to sell into those regions, all the way down to shipping, right? We're breaking ground right now. We'll, we'll be the first print-on-demand company to ever offer cash-on-delivery shipping, which is a really weird concept because we're hand-making an item to get sent out and no one's collected any payment. But in order to sell into Italy, in order to sell into Poland and Romania and you have to have cash on delivery. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's just one of those obstacles that the more we look at the markets, we're just analyzing, creating projects and removing roadblocks that will allow print on demand to flourish in Europe in ways it hasn't been able to in the past. Yeah, so it's, I, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, Europe has been growing fast. Uh, we've been doing a lot of outreach here. And I'd say we probably had close to about 2000 active Euro European stores. And I expect that number to, to over double throughout the course of this year. I, I think we're going to have a windfall coming into Q for as people more and more people learn about us and understand the opportunity because last year we had a, a seller do four million dollars of personalized jewelry and they don't own inventory or stock or do fulfillment or customer service or any of that and they were able to sell four million dollars of product online so it's a really great business opportunity even the canadian market is lagging behind the u.s market with like three okay. two three years same with europe and it, actually if you are from the u.s and you want to expand that's a, that's an advantage all i was going to say is that a lot of our European sellers, like I said, got their start in the US market. And they've been able to take everything they learned in that 
US market and adapt it to the European markets and then doing their localization, they're able to what I'm calling, you know, horizontal scaling. They they test and they learn in the US market and then they bring it to Europe and then they can bring it to not just one, but five or six markets in Europe. Everything doesn't always translate perfectly, but a lot of the ideas remain the same and a lot of the advertising can remain the same. It's just changing some of the language. So it's exactly that. The, the, the America is probably one of the best places to test, but then it's so easy to bring what you find works and apply it to the European market and get really, really fast, instant, high quality results. That's the area that people are scaling right now because we're having more and more issues scaling just because Facebook mm-hmm. doesn't work the way it used to. A lot of people are moving to TikTok, but your creatives get exhausted after three days on TikTok. So you're constantly having to test and make new ones. So scaling has become a little harder in our market. And so the way that we're pushing scaling now is horizontal scaling and you know scale into Europe. Just go over there and create duplicates. You know I've, I've got sellers with five, six, seven stores. They're running the exact same product, just different languages. And they're having really, really good success in all of these countries. So that's what's really allowing them to scale. And it's exactly what you said. The the European market and even the Canadian market are, I would say, a year behind the US market. And last year, TikTok blew up in the US market. And this year, TikTok's blowing up in the European market. And so we had a lot of people that were able to learn how to use TikTok in the US. And they were able to come into Europe and apply the TikTok learnings and have massive results really quick. It was really, it was like an untapped market. It's, It's more and more people are obviously getting on that area but it's it's just been a crazy ride with tiktok i'll say that typical shine on businesses so who is a typical uh uses shine on services we really have two main customers and it's two uses for our product. The first use is you're setting up an exclusive shine on store, right? You just want to create a jewelry store and you're really focused on direct response marketing and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And so they they generally come from like a drop shipping background or maybe they've done print on demand with clothing and we're able to, our products offer much higher profit margins being jewelry. You know, the average shirt sells for 25 to $30. The average piece of jewelry is 60 to $80. And they cost about the exact same amount to the seller. So obviously there's way more margins in jewelry. So yeah. that's one of our key clients, right? Is, is someone that's into drop shipping or into print on demand, and they just want to find a better product or a better offering to make more money. The other user that we have a lot are people that are running e-commerce stores already, and they have their own product. They do well with that. And they've built a giant email list. And then they just have times where they don't have products to offer during like holiday seasons, like Mother's Day is a perfect example. I have a, a lot of clients that I've got a guy who runs a golf shop. He's got a huge list of men's emails, right? He has nothing to offer for Mother's Day, but he's got this huge email list. So I talked to him and we said, well, let's run experiments with why don't you just try emailing out a Mother's Day product from you and see if people will buy it. And yeah. he sent out an email and had $10,000 in orders in a week. He didn't have to do any work. And he goes, I've never had you know a bump on Mother's Day. It's a holiday that doesn't exist for me. And now all of a sudden he's able to build a bump at a period where normally he's stable. And so, and again, it's, it's almost no work on their part because all you do is add our app, put our products on your store, send out an email, an order comes in, it's all automated and gets shipped out directly to your customer within three days. That's another client. And that's really a side of the business that we're focusing on building is people that have email lists and the way their products work or what they offer, email isn't bringing in as much revenue as maybe it should be, or they don't have the spikes when they want to have spikes. They're missing out on, on selling seasons because they don't have something to offer. And that's where we're able to come in because we're primarily a gifting product and 
we can easily fit into your niche and you can make a golf specific jewelry piece, you know, things like that. So you can still keep it on brand and all of that, but really fill that gap and help to drive and monetize people's email lists. Actually, just today we had a discussion in the team and we have a client, he sells uh, hiking and outdoor things. And uh, now low season now, they are based in North America and you could see that their email revenue is actually where revenue has been decreasing. And uh, I think uh, this is one of, you know, primary example where shine on services could be implemented because uh, it's a low season. It's just not for them really this part of the year, but mothers day is coming and uh, they could sell something to their the best selling point on it is there's almost no risk right the only risk that you're going to run into is maybe a couple people unsubscribe from your email list that happens almost every time you send an email out you're investing zero dollars in inventory you're investing zero dollars in fulfillment and all of the processes that go along with it and so for for a lot of shop owners it's like well let's just see right what's the downside right the downside is no one comes and buys anything and you send out an email but if your email revenue is already down it's a very little risk but it could be a very large reward like doing email right your customer acquisition is maybe like a penny an email something of that nature and the majority of our products have like a 60 percent margin so the average profit is around 40 dollars a sale mm-hmm. to be able to go out and and pay one penny and get a 40 dollar sale that's the cheapest money you're gonna make doing e-commerce so it's a, it's a really good opportunity and we have more and more people figuring out ways and we're also bringing in more and more product categories that kind of help fit in we recently launched metal art which actually is plasma cut metal that's powder coated and it's perfect for like putting on wall signs and things like that and it's all customizable and people can put in their names and dates and so and those products have even higher margins because you know you're doing a 30 inch piece costs 160 dollars and it costs you maybe 70 so you know you can be pulling in 90 dollars a sale on a piece of metal art and you don't touch anything all you yeah. do is add the product to your store and run an email and we've got like 70 designs that you can pick from so it's there's a lot of areas where going into a lot of men's products we've released a couple uh customizable watches where you can actually engrave sayings on the back or a personalized message on the back of the watch we're bringing in wallets and and all sorts of men's products as well just to hit that father's day side we look at every opportunity during the year to give a gift and what we're doing is going out looking what are the most viral products but viral customizable products that we can bring in to offer like i said you, you might have a store that sells all women's apparel and you have a great mother's day offer but you have nothing to offer for father's day and all right, we'll throw out a customizable cufflinks or something like that. There's a lot of area, I think, that a lot of e-commerce stores and a lot of agent e-commerce agencies as well can bring in products like ours. Obviously, I prefer if they stuck to shine on, but they, we do have competitors that have other products. It's a good way for an agency that the numbers are going down. You're in the middle of a dead season. It's an interesting opportunity to bring up to clients to say, do you want to run an experiment and see if we can generate revenue knowing it's their down season and go, it's a cool value add for a lot of agencies and, and things like that. I would have one more question to you. So I know you told me last time your primary audience, they were dropshippers a few years. Recently, the company has uh, shifted into more like a branded approach, you know, trying to teach e-commerce how to build a solid brand. And just wondering how you system nowadays, like uh, everyone <laughs> needs a brand. Dropshipping is kind of dead, at least in the old way. What's your take? Yeah, on so that? You know, I've been in e-commerce for a while and I worked for a company, uh, a see like about three, maybe it was four years ago, they were a huge Google advertiser. They were in the tobacco and nicotine space, so they couldn't use traditional advertising. So they had to be very yeah. big on like SEO. And Google started coming out with EatScore, right? That was a big education.
education, authoritative and teaching, I think is what it was. And we watched our business get cut 60% because all of a sudden Google stopped showing us for anything. We've seen that more and more across other brands, the way Facebook works, the way Snapchat, TikTok, the way all of these advertising platforms are going is they don't want someone that's going to show up and run an ad and disappear. It affects when people are buying from Chinese dropshippers and they have a bad experience. If they had that bad experience shopping on Facebook, they're not going to trust shopping on Facebook. So Facebook took it upon itself to say, well, we're going to stop these people from selling. We're going to downgrade their ads. We're going to look at their store. Same thing Google did, the same thing TikTok. Their algorithm now looks at how fast is your page. There's so many more data points that they're looking at that you can't get away with doing that anymore successfully. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are, but it's a lot harder to do than it used to be. And so we've really seen, you know, we used to have, we, we have a platform where people can come and, and sell directly on our platform. They don't have to own a website or anything like that. And we've really seen a huge decline in sales there, not because it, it doesn't necessarily work, but everybody's moving and starting a Shopify store because they realize you have to own a brand. You need to do all the things that a brand does to be successful. You need to have lifetime value. You can't rely on just one purchase a person. You know, you need to be sure you're going to go out and you're going to earn those emails, but then you need to be working on email and you need to be bringing them in for a second and a third sale building lifetime value, building brand loyalty, all of those things will make your Facebook ads work better, right? That Facebook sees that and the, a TikTok sees it. And that those are all the things that spur TikTok or Facebook to give you lower CPMs and, and deliver better ads. All of that comes from feeding that algorithm. And th- what that algorithm is looking for is real brands. What they're offering is actually what they're offering. If you are offering a product that's going to ship in three days, it better ship in three days. And if Facebook sees people complaining about shipping time, your ad gets bad traffic. Yeah, It's really changed. And I think that more and more dropshippers are learning. I have to create a brand. It has to be well-rounded. It has to be real. And it should be long-term. I'm not going to set this up for a three-month venture. I'm looking at going long-term with this and, and thinking about scaling it long-term so you can get to real six, seven figures with a brand. You really can't do that by just setting up a quick five second. I mean, you could do something with like a click funnel page, but it isn't working the way it used to. And we're seeing more and more people have success by building a well-established brand. We've changed some of the way we offer products to be able to offer more branding opportunities for sellers so that they can make the package look way more personalized to their brand, fit their niche better. You know, all of those things help build customer loyalty and bring people back and raise your lifetime value. And as an email marketer, you're aware lifetime value is probably one of the biggest things that e-commerce people don't think about. And it's probably one of the easiest ways to make money is raising lifetime value. It's interesting because we started this conversation with uh, that point that the entry barrier is much lower than 15, 20 years ago. Because of this, everything became easier to get started. That's why the whole thing just became too saturated. And now the differentiator is to build a long-lasting brand and uh you know it's it's more about marketing probably and communication brand building lifetime value as you said email marketing and uh less about the technical things you know it's a huge shift i would say compared to 10 20 years ago oh yeah it really is and and like i said i think that heyday of of drop shipping you know was like three, four years ago. But since then, so many people have had negative experiences that all the ad networks are going, we had to go out and find ways of, of shutting this down. We needed, it's the same, like, like I said, with Google, right?
right? They said, well, if you're not running a blog and you're not putting content out about the products that you're selling, you're probably not a real brand. And so we're going to rank you lower. And it yeah. made everyone go, oh, I got to write blog posts now? Well, yeah, you got to show Google that you're actually something real. You know what your product is. If you want an organic listing on Google, you have to be doing that. And so it's, it's a very different way of structure. I mean, I remember the first time we went out and we hired someone to just SEO, just run a blog for us and go, apparently we need someone to post. I work for a hat company. You need to post three blog posts about hats every week. Never had to do that before. It was like, I just posted on Facebook and get some sales. And now, you know, it just, it's been a big shift. And honestly, I think it's for the best because it's making people think about e-commerce and really building out the legitimacy of it. And like I said, being transparent. I hate when I go to buy something online and eight days later, I get a notification. My package is shipping and it's in China. And I'm just like, I don't want it. You know, it, it disappoints you. Like I said, Facebook wants everyone to buy everything from Facebook. They don't want you to buy anything from anywhere else. So they've made it their point yeah. to go, if you have bad experiences with someone, their ads aren't going to work anymore. So it's, it's you can't ignore it. That's the thing. Because if you ignore it, you're going to be dead in the water. Yeah, yeah. You have to really strive for a better user experience on all channels that you want mm -hmm. to use for your marketing. Thanks, John. It was a really interesting talk today. And thanks, everyone who listened to us. And if you like this episode, then make sure you subscribe. Thanks, John, again. If anyone wants to find you and your company, where they should go? You can go to shineon.com to learn about our company and how we work. You can find me on every social media available. John Shineon on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram all the above stay tuned everyone and have a great day